Welcome to Living with MS Truth Be Told. I'm your host, Marie Heron. Uh, today I have with me my co-host, Jana Bartley. Um, good morning, Jana. How are you? Good morning, Marie. I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm fine. And I'm especially excited because in studio, uh, we have Tevin with us this morning. Now, you might remember we interviewed Tevin um, a while back. Uh, Tevin was diagnosed when he was 11. And I just, we've been in contact. We've kept in contact. And he's just a wonderful, wonderful young Good morning, Tevin. How are you? Morning. I am doing very well, thank you. How are you doing? We're fine. I'm fine. Te- awesome. Jana? Nice to meet you, Tevin. Nice to meet you, too. Yeah, it's 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 a real good day in here because whenever we have in-studio guests, and this is a shout-out to anybody that wants to come join us, I always bring in scones. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> to go with the coffee. Um Kevin, it's great to have you back in the studio. Uh, great to be back. Yeah, you must know that you're one of my favorite guests. Oh, thank um, you. And, and it's because of your, your, your young, young age at diagnosis. Um, how are you doing these days? Uh, I've been doing pretty well. Lately, I've been trying to listen more to my body. Mm-hmm. And that, that works wonders, really. Okay. Um, I've gone to the point now that I've started to accept having MS. Because, okay. as you know, I've had it for 18 years. And I feel like a good portion of the 18 years, I've been saying, I have MS. Okay. Like, you don't really don't really think too much about it. Mm-hmm. But now that I've, I'm trying to more accept it, right. I'm trying to look at my body more. Like, what makes me more tired? Right. Should I be eating this because of the later effects? Like, remember the last, the last interview we had, I said I drank coffee. I right. stopped that because... Well, I don't drink as much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I've been noticing the effects and I get tired a lot quicker or I get to... I get... The tremors become a right. bit worse after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So I always find that meditating on top of that and drinking less coffee helps, right. okay. helps a lot. Okay. Um, you know, Jan is a, is a nurse and um, she also has MS. And uh, um, when I say listening to your body, um, I always know for me personally, um, I know that something's off if I put my head forward and I can feel tingling up my spine. And I think mm-hmm. I mentioned that to you. Jana, do you have a tell? Like, is there something that you can tell if something's amiss? Um, it's just really my fatigue. If okay. I wake up tired, I, I know I've had a good seven, eight hours mm-hmm. sleep and I wake up and I'm, I'm just feeling that I really need to get some extra sleep. So, and I think Tevin, that's great because you, that self-awareness is what we all really need. Mm-hmm. And, um, what I've found though, Marie, that I didn't want to accept that. So I thought, what? I shouldn't be tired. I'm just going to push myself. And as Tevin said, you have to really listen to your mm-hmm. body. So if I have to go back to sleep for a little while, then that's what I do. And I don't. Yeah. And I've started now not to feel guilty about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. Is that, is that what you're finding, Tevin? Yeah. 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 Exactly yeah. Because I really do believe that, that um, you know, listening to your body is uh, the quintessential tool mm-hmm. for managing mm-hmm. managing uh, your symptoms and your progression. But, um, but it's always hard to make that differentiation between, uh, you know, when do I power through mm-hmm. and when do I say, what's that like for you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard. It's difficult yeah. because I'm at the point where I'm trying to question, am I tired because of the MS or am I just tired because of what I've done today? Yeah. Like after work and said, hmm, is it because of the MS that I need to take a nap or is it just because I've had a long day where I had to get up at 6 a.m.? And I don't know. It's it's really hard to differentiate with that. Yeah. So again, with back to the body awareness, you got to mm-hmm. kind of look at your body. Like, okay, what did I actually do today? Did I actually eat enough today? Yeah. Did I drink a lot of water? Yeah, yeah exactly. I found that water helps as well. 
So again, it's it's kind of yeah. difficult trying to yeah. find that balance. Mm-hmm. Do you find that there's certain foods that um, exacerbate uh, your symptoms or? Mm. Well, like I said before, the coffee, too much coffee right. doesn't help me at all. I find that having more fruits actually does help a right. lot more, like grapes and oranges, especially oranges. Like the vitamin C, like I do feel more of a kick in my day when I ha- start right. the day with the vitamin right. C. Um, I try to cut down sugar, sugary foods, because that's I am noticing a thing with sugary foods. Mm-hmm. Like a bit, I get tired quicker, I find. Yeah, I do yeah. too. And yeah. the tremors, sometimes I feel like they get worse. When yeah. have too much sugary or too yeah. much coffee and stuff like that. Yeah, like I've actually uh, suffered sugar withdrawals. Like I remember one weekend I went to a friend's place and there was a, a bakery. Um, it was like a, a farmland bakery and I oh. grabbed like date squares and raspberry squares and all these things and I was like like eating like, a, like I was going through them like a flesh eating disease. And then when I got home on the, the Sunday, you two are laughing, but when I got home on the Sunday, I was literally shaking like a leaf because I was having sugar withdrawals. It was crazy. Hypoglycemia. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, it was just absolutely crazy. Um, last time we spoke, you were in university. Um, and are you still in uni? Uh, no, actually, I graduated. I now currently have a degree in sociology. Okay. Congratulations. Thank you. Good stuff. Thank you. Okay. Um, and I'm seeing, a, I'm seeing a lot of people who are losing their jobs, um, not necessarily because of their MS, but because of the side effects of the drug-modifying therapies. Okay. Um, and I think that farmers should be assisting uh, people in employment, in partnership, uh, with different levels of government. Any thoughts on that? They should be assisting, like because farmers would know about the side effects of the therapy because mm-hmm. they assigned it right. So they would be in the best place to help them get different, help them with employment. Right. And, like it's it's ridiculous that they're not helping them. As well as a different level of government means you can really get them in there, get some more stable right. in their employment. Right, yeah, because I wonder how many people in pharma actually have MS or actually have the diseases that they're taking the drugs for. Um, I was going to give this to, I'm going to give this question to you and to Jana. Okay. Um, as you know, um, here in the province of Ontario, um, the the government um, has uh, has passed uh, a legislation or whatever. Uh, anyway, they want to see people with episodic illnesses um, Go go to work. They want to reduce the number of people that are on ODSP. Okay, uh, the minister at the time was Lisa McLeod. Um, she was the minister of, I believe, um, I don't think I think she was the minister of MTCU at the time. Um, her, it was in the the Toronto Star in November 11th that she wanted all people with episodic illnesses to go back to work. Now, the problem I find is that. The people who are in charge of teaching people how to look for work don't know anything about people with disabilities. And the people with disabilities don't know anything about employment. <laughs> and so look, I'm thinking to myself, how can the MS society not reach out and do something about yeah. this? Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to be that middle ground between... Uh between um, pharma not knowing a lot about the disease and helping with employment opposed to people with disease not knowing mm-hmm. how they get the employment. They can kind of bridge the gap there. And if they were to do that, it would really, really help them. 
Right. What do you think, Jana? Well, I was just wondering when she got her medical degree to <laughs> say that people with episodic illnesses it's, it's should... It's the November 11th, yeah. or November 20th, actually, November 20th article in the Toronto Star. Yeah, I mean, it's not that easy. It really depends. And it's, gosh, do you think that these people who are ill really don't want to go back to work? I mean, come on, right? I mean, if that... If that if it means that they need some sort of modification to go back to work, then great. But that's such a broad statement you just can't make. And it's made. And, um, you know, I did actually write to the minister and I copied the MS Society. I said, you know what, um, you know, I, I understand, you know, you're the minister. Um, you know, would you be interested? In, and I did copy the MS Society. Never heard a thing. Would you be interested in discussing uh, something that would make for good policy and good politics. And my idea was, okay, if you want to do this, if you want to tell, then maybe you should put a policy in place which says that every uh, every agency or every um, department that's funded by the, the government, right, whether it's like a third party, um, should be using, um, you know, temp work, temp employers, like, you know, the OLG, WSIB, um, you know, all the, all the government departments should be using, they should have a temp pool mm-hmm. with, with people with episodic illnesses that can fill in for short-term uh, do you think I heard anything from the MS Society? Of course not. <laughs> no. Why would we? Okay. That would mean actually having an original idea mm-hmm. and following through. <laughs> okay. Exactly. All right. So that's that's all I have to say about that. But I've been living with MS for 35 years, almost 36. So, you yeah. know, um, yeah. And I do have MS. I'm not just uh, floating. And I do know how to advocate. And I do know how to talk to uh, politicians. And do know how to write policy. And I do know about good politics and good policies. And uh, wish the MS Society would give me a show. Um, However, that's not happening. Um, (laughs) Since we last spoke, uh, Tevin, uh, you must have met newly diagnosed people. How are they handling their diagnosis? I have, and one thing I find common with a lot of newer people I meet is that there's always that first stage of, it's scary, you don't know what to expect, and like they jump to the worst possible, worst possible outcome with disease, like kind of I did. And, but they're still getting through it though, which is, which I like to see. Like, they're literally living to that term, MS warriors, right? Mm-hmm. No matter how bad it seems, they, they keep going, keep going the best they can, and try not to. They try their best not to be too. Um, what's I'm looking for here? I'd try trust. to be too much for the people yeah. around them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to share a story which I've shared with Jana, and I want to get your feedback on this. So, a couple of months ago, I went to an MS one hundred and one session. Um, it was hosted by the MS Society, and it was sponsored by Pharma. Um, there was a neurologist there, and the group was newly diagnosed people. They were all young, and he said, he had a big flip chart, and he said, by the time you've been living with MS for 15 years, your cognitive ability will be so drastically impaired. And I put up my hand, and I said, look, um, I've been living with MS for 35 years, and you know, up until a year ago, I was managing millions of dollars. I was an executive director, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he said, dismissed it. He said, oh, well, that's because your job is repetitive. He said, I bet you couldn't do it now. So I actually started applying for a job. So I got a job. Now, it was an entry-level job. And I could do, like, it was new systems. It was new computer programs. And um, the owners of the corporation said to me, you know, Marie, you're so good at what, what, what you do. Right? So 
I actually made a commercial um, because I can, you know, they're, they're, anyway, so, um, so I made a commercial about, you know, selling cars and um, they just thought that was amazing. So they're like, Marie, we're going to pay for you to take your registration course. We'd love for you um, to start, you know, having more responsibility. And I'm thinking, ha, take that. Mr. Neurologist. <laughs> and, you know, when I spoke to other people with MS, they're like, what? <laughs> he said, what? <laughs> now, if you were a young person in that room, you would have been devastated. And there was another young woman, and she was crying because she said, I'm losing my hair. And they said, but you're not losing your hair follicles. Well, that doesn't help a 24-year-old. I know. It really doesn't. Okay. So, (laughs) please, please, when you're talking to young people with MS, can you please tell them that story? Because when I went to my GP and I told him, he said, you know what, Marie? Medicine is not an exact science. Mm, Yeah. Right? And I think Mm -hmm. we all need to hang on to that. Um, I I have a woman that I'm working with. She's doing publicity for me. And her grandmother had MS. And I said, I said, how did she end up? And she said, she ended up like you. She was in her own apartment and she died peacefully in her sleep of old age. So, you know, yeah, like we all die of old age, right? So, like, you know, like, stop with all this, like, you know. No, same with me, Marie. I mean, I've had MS diagnosed 16 years, but I think it went back a lot further than that. And my neurologist right now, she says, you know what, Jana, when I examine you, it's like you don't have MS. So, what that doctor has said is absolutely false. They really don't know the progression of it. Will it be quick? Will it be, you know, very slow? So, that's, yeah. that's unfortunate that he said that. Yeah, and, and, and what I wanted to bring up too, and this is, this is just my personal belief. I don't want either of you to feel you have to agree with me. Um, by, my personal belief is that MS awareness is dog whistle for fundraising, and the MS awareness campaigns do more to hinder people living with MS than, than help. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. With, I can believe it's for fundraising. Like, yeah, it is, things in our yeah it's dog whistle for fund, fundraising. Yeah. But when it's for MS, it's kind of like they they kind of create the image of what MS is supposed to look like. Like, if you don't fit this mold, you don't have MS. If you're an 11 year old black male, you don't have MS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and if you're a stunningly beautiful blonde woman who's going to be kicking the arse off, who's <laughs> kicking the arse off 60, I'll be 60 on my next birthday, you couldn't possibly have MS. <laughs> who's out there selling cars? <laughs> well, how many times have you heard, oh, you don't look like you have MS? So many times. Right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Or you're the first person I've ever met. And I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You've met tons of people with MS. You just don't know. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's baffling. Yeah. But I do do think that it hinders because I think people hear MS and they Google it and then it's just they see the worst, Mm -hmm. the worst things. Yeah. Mm Well, and I think that's why it's really um, great to be part of social media groups mm-hmm. and whether it's Facebook or Twitter, because you can really see the positive side of it as opposed to, you know, the glass half empty. Yeah. And I think like with Tevin, um going out and talking to 
young diagnosed people that are being diagnosed fairly young that's going to be an inspiration and keep them positive and you have to yeah. stay with your positive tribe for yeah sure. no I think for sure and I mean that's why I was, I was really frustrated when I first started the podcast and I went to the MS Society and I asked them like you know if they would promote it like if they would and they they don't they absolutely don't because I'm their worst nightmare because if you look at me you're not going to raise a dime on me <laughs> right Right. I'm still working. Right. And I'm, I'm working 40 hours a week and I'm 60 years old and I want to start selling cards. I mean, my God, like what is up with me? Because you don't look like you have MS. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it is, it is perception. I mean, we had a, a woman on today and her show is a dose of positivity. And she said the same thing. She's like, Marie, don't compare yourself. Like, just be. Just be you and your MS. So, I love having you on, Tevin. You're the best. Oh, thank you. Um, Okay, um, any pieces of advice you'd like to give to newly diagnosed listeners? I do, I do. Okay, first thing, if you're newly diagnosed, it's, I can, I can tell to this, that it's scary. Like, when you first, they tell you you have MS, you don't know what to expect. You, you look at all the media with MS and you're afraid you're gonna end up like that or worse. But you just gotta remember that, A, it's different for everyone, as well that you're stronger than that. It's always got to believe you're stronger than the MS. Mm-hmm. I also believe that you should try talking to someone about it. I remember when I first got it, I didn't talk to anyone because I didn't want to treat me differently. That was always my fear. But as I got older, I'd tell my friends, and they are, to this day, they are my, they're one of my biggest sources of inspiration. They're the one of few people who message me and say, Tevin, how are you? Like, do you guys want to do something? Like, oh my gosh. And... <clears throat> Sorry, um, it's an um, it's yeah, it's an unbelievable feeling mm-hmm. having this disease and have people around you who don't treat you differently. They treat you like them, and yeah. you're doing things that you never thought you'd be able to do. And it kind of pushes you to to live your life that way. Like when I went to China, like I didn't think I would be able to do that when I was first diagnosed, but at, now I'm. 29, so I had to think about that. <laughs> I'm 29, and I've gone to China for a year. I yeah. taught. If if the 11-year-old me heard that, they wouldn't believe them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's there. right. That's Oh, Tevin, this is an amazing And Tevin, story. you say you're an inspiration, or you say your friends are an inspiration you're to You're an you. inspiration to everybody. Guess what? Yeah, yeah. you're the big yeah, one. You yeah. are. You're MS Gen Next, that's for Thank sure. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, you are an incredible, incredible person, Thank and I'm you. so glad that, Jana, you, you had a chance to finally meet him. I'm glad, too. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, you, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and I told you he was amazing. Am I right? You... You called it right. <laughs> okay. On that note, before we start uh, melting down and start having a big hug festival here, <laughs> Kumbaya, I want to thank you, Tevin, uh, for coming on again. I, I love seeing you, Thanks and I'm glad me. you had a chance to meet Jana. Um, look forward to having you on next year as well. Of course. Okay, Thank hun? you. Thanks. Well, thank you for living to Living with MS Truth Be Told. Um, I'm your host, Marie Heron, uh, co-host Jana uh, Bartlett, and we had Tevin on today. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, please let me know at marie at truthbetold.ca. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Forever, it seems.